Hello, I hope you're doing really well today. I'm glad you're with us. Today we're continuing our Life Hacks message series. Life Hacks are tips that save you time by giving you a shortcut to accomplish maybe one of the many tasks that we have to do in life. A little shortcut never hurts. Or maybe like today, the first one I'm going to share with you is uh, it really looks like a tasty dessert for sure. We've been looking at some of these life hacks throughout the series just for fun. Here are three. First of all, cookie bowls. This is worth trying for sure. Wrap cookie dough on the bottom of a muffin tin, bake it, and then add ice cream. I, I, I might talk somebody into the, giving this a try. I, I don't trust myself baking for sure, but, and I'm also trying to cut down on sugar, but hey, wow, that looks really good. Here are some glow rocks that you use to paint on stepping stones. You use Rust-Oleum glow-in-the-dark paint. Paint the stepping stones. They'll soak up the light during the day and light the path to your doorway at night. That's kind of interesting. Here's one for splinters. Apply a paste of baking soda and water. Put a Band-Aid on it and then wait overnight, and when you pull the Band-Aid off, the splinter should come out with it, or at least be loosened up enough to just pull out easily. It is truly helpful to know these kinds of shortcuts in life. Hopefully, you can remember them when you need them, like the splinter thing. I hope I remember that next time I get a splinter. Uh, but it... it it's also important to understand where we can't take shortcuts in life. I mean, there are some areas of life that just require patience, which is life hack number five, patience. Hebrews 6, 11 through 12 says, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Patience is required to inherit the promises of God. The way, the way it works is God gives us a promise that if we'll choose faith and patience, we can experience the joy that comes from the promises of God. But we have to learn to cooperate with him. We have to learn to see life from his perspective. And that's found in the scripture. Hebrews 6 says that we should be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Results, or as the Bible prefers to call it, fruit, if you think about it, Results for anything that really matters in life take a lot of time. Building a good marriage, raising children, building a career, developing a ministry, and on and on. There are all kinds of things that really matter in life that require a tremendous amount of patience 
to invest and then wait on seeing the fruit that comes from what we've planted. Patience in this passage, uh, Hebrews 6, it was written originally in the Greek, and you can define patience as a state of emotional calm in the face of provocation or misfortune without complaint or irritation. Now, is that a tall order or what? To to kind of have something happen, something goes wrong, and you stay calm or you're provoked and you stay calm, I'm going to need God's help for that. And thankfully, he gives all the help we need. Life requires patience. We are waiting for things all the time. Often, we find ourselves waiting in line. And it takes humility, which was another life hack we talked about, uh, to just take your place in line. It's a part of life. This is what happens. This is how it goes. There are some lines that you can take cuts in, and there are some that you just can't take cuts. Uh, some lines just require patience. Uh, you just need to wait. Here are some examples. Airport lines. I, I've driven to LAX for a flight, and I thought I was there in plenty of time. But I see a line coming out of the terminal, and it's a long line like this. And that can make you panic. Not going to stay calm in that situation. It is very difficult, and hey, you just do what you can do. How about a DMV line? You ever been in a, a line like this waiting for your number to be called? Or maybe... You're in a hurry to get somewhere or you get, you get in the car and you're planning, you, you think, hey, I've got time to get there, but then you realize, uh-oh, I need gas. And you go to the gas station and you see a line like this. That is, that is really tough to stay calm in that moment. Patience is not only important for inheriting the promises that God's given us, but it's also important for just enjoying life. I mean, if we're agitated all the time and stirred up inside, wow, we, we're struggling with life. But if we're calm and we're walking by faith, life is good. Complaining and being irritated all the time is no way to live. So we need to exercise patience. It's really important. And isn't exercise a great word to put in front of patience? We need to exercise patience because patience can wear you out. It is a real struggle at times. So today... I want to look at a line or lines we must wait in that God has established for which there are no shortcuts, but patience is the life hack for waiting with God to see the fruit that comes out. Life on this earth 
involves waiting in line for a result. We find ourselves waiting for the outcome of our lives as it flows by day to day. If I aim to get in shape, one workout isn't going to be enough. I'm going to have to work out consistently, maybe daily, and then the results will come over time. As we parent our kids day to day, we have to wait to see the impact of our investment in them, of our training. It takes, it takes really 18 years when they start, when they get out on, from under our roof and they begin to make choices themselves. Then we find out, Hey, how'd we do? We're waiting. We're waiting in line to see how the kids turn out. In building a career, it's not going to develop overnight. It's going to take days of investment, months and years of faithfulness over time to grow our career in the right way. This is just anything that really matters in life. This is how it works. This is the way it goes. We tend to want results instantly, but in reality, it takes time to develop and grow the fruit of the truly important outcomes in our life. And so we wait in the results line for things to develop. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 through 6, is a great description of what it's like to wait for outcomes. And it shows us, really, God had Solomon write this, King Solomon of Israel. He wrote it so we could understand how to approach the uncertainty in life and how to be patient as we work through it. It reads like a riddle, so I'm going to read through it and then go go back because it, it can be confusing. And we're going to take it a little at a time after I read through it. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 through 6. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at evening, withhold not your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Cast your bread upon the waters. It sounds like feeding ducks, doesn't it? I mean, throwing out the bread to the ducks. But the passage is really talking about how much effort it requires to get results. If you go down to the pier, to any pier, and you throw chunks of bread into the ocean, um, the wind, the currents... And the waves are going to take it. Some are going to go out to sea. Some will come back to shore. You might get some back. Much of it will be lost at sea. 
but some of the bread will wash back on the shore. The point is this. It takes a lot of work to get some results. A lot. Work, effort, large effort, small results. This is what the passage is trying to tell us. This makes it easy to lose heart and give up. I'm putting all this effort in and it's not paying off. In the moment, we we wonder if our kids are getting it. And we're wondering if the boss is paying any attention at all to the effort we're putting in to our faithfulness. In, In the Bible, what you find is being patient means more than staying calm in the face of provocation or misfortune. It is being steadfast toward a goal. Despite opposition, difficulty, or adversity. The way life is on this earth, you and I face adversity when we're trying to do anything good. And you should expect it. I should expect adversity. Sometimes I think it just shouldn't be this hard to do the right thing. But it is. So the way life is. For sure, one thing is certain. If you cast no bread, nothing's going to come back to you. Nothing will ever come back. So what should we do? This passage says, give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you, you know not what disaster may happen on earth. You, you and I, we don't know what failure is going to look like, but we should expect Failure, we should not expect everything we do to work out, to turn out. Here's a video of a very successful lady entrepreneur, Sarah Blakely, on how her dad set her up for success. He gave her a great gift and helped shape her attitude toward failure. Let's watch this together. Growing up, my father used to ask my brother and me what we had failed at at the dinner table, which was so interesting, and he'd celebrate it, and he'd actually be disappointed if I didn't have something that I failed at that week. So I can remember saying, Dad, Dad, I tried out for this, and I was horrible, and he would actually high-five me and say, congratulations, way to go. And what it did was just reframe my definition of failure. Failure for me became not trying versus the outcome. So, so many people don't take risks for fear of failure. They don't start the business. They don't go create the art they want to create or they don't go try out to be in the play or whatever it is for the fear of failure. And once you redefine that for yourself and realize the failure is just not trying, then life opens up to you in many ways. And I would also, my dad would encourage me anytime something didn't go the way I expected it to or Maybe I got embarrassed by a situation to write down where where the hidden gifts were and what I got out of it. And I started realizing in everything there was some amazing nugget that I wouldn't have wanted to pass up. At Spanx, to encourage people to fail, I'm bringing up my failures in front of the team often. So I will stand up and I call them the oops of Spanx. Some of them are the oops throughout the history of Spanx. Some of them can be uh, recent oops that I did, but I'm always openly talking about it. If you're going to have an oops, part of the beauty of it is twofold. If there's a failure quote or an oops in your life, 
if you learn from it and if you can laugh about it, then it's all worth it. We can get all twisted up when things go wrong, when we don't get what we want, when a, a project we're working on fails, it, it goes off the rails. But it's a normal part of living life on this earth. That's what Ecclesiastes is saying. That's what Solomon's telling us here. All you know is that failure will materialize at some time. There's, there are going to be setbacks in life. Don't let that stop you. Keep giving another portion of your life to the effort. It may be seven or eight setbacks before there's a breakthrough, but don't give up at four or five. Don't, just don't do it. Keep pouring your life out into the efforts, into the assignments that God has given you. Here's the takeaway. Keep giving portions knowing that results aren't guaranteed. Keep, keep after it. Keep pouring your life out. Keep giving portions to seven or eight or even more. We just don't know what is going to succeed. And so we should keep giving portions of ourselves to the right things, to the things that God has given us to do, the things that really matter. Let's read back through verses 3 and 4 now. Ecclesiastes 11, 3 and 4 If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Why can't we guarantee any results? Why can't we guarantee that the fruit's going to grow as we plant in our life? Because there are many factors beyond our control and beyond our understanding. One of these is weather. You see here it says, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. Now that's, that's brilliant. What, what would be helpful to know is when the clouds are going to dump the rain, sort of like a sprinkler system, so that we could know when to plant. That would be awesome. Wouldn't it? I mean, that would be really good. Uh, uh, another comment here in the passage, if a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where the tree falls, there will, will it lie. Now, that seems like a random comment. Uh, but the falling tree is just an image of a larger point that we have no idea which direction the future is going to go. With with the wind, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I drove by uh, on Haven, uh, and I saw just this massive tree had been blown over and crashed through a fence in between two houses. Now they didn't know that was going to happen. We we this is the point of the passage. We don't know how the future is going to flow. Will your plans come to fruition? Will your efforts pay off? We, we just don't know. This year is a great example of how we don't know the future. 
we we made a lot of plans. We've canceled a lot of plans this year. I I would have never predicted what is happening right now in in this world. At the end of 2020, we're going to be able to look back with certainty and we'll know exactly how the year turned out. But that information's going to be too late to know how to make the most impact in the here and now. So we have to trust God. We have to keep being faithful to give portions to seven or eight and then just wait on him to bring the results that he wants to bring. Our takeaway here from this passage, from these verses, is life is risky and unpredictable and we should expect it to be. That's just the way it is. Some people step out of the line while waiting for results. We're waiting for the outcome because they're just not sure how it's going to turn out. They insist on ideal conditions before they'll put in the effort. And we just, it's, we're, we're just not going to know. We're, there, there are no ideal conditions. We just need to make the investment that God wants us to make. Uh, the passage goes on. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. So the picture here is you're, you're looking for indications of guaranteed success. And if you wait for that, if you wait for knowing for sure how it's going to turn out, you're never going to do anything. The results line is always risky. So why get in line? Why have hope as we're making the investment every day in the things that really matter? Why, why should we do that? Why should we, why should we move forward with an upbeat attitude? Here's why. God is in charge of the results. Five and six in Ecclesiastes says, As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at the evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that or whether both alike will be good. We can, we can risk and invest our lives and wait patiently because God is the larger factor in any situation that we're facing. You do not know the work of God who makes everything. They're just things we don't understand about life. And we're not going to be able to put our mind, wrap our mind around every little detail to know for sure how something's going to turn out. We do know God is a good God and he aims to bless us as we choose faith and patience and faithfully obey him to do what he has called us to do. We know that. We know we can trust him. So be faithful to do what God has called you to do 
in the scriptures, to choose the attitudes that he has called us to take through uh, toward the, the different areas of life, the attitudes, and let God handle the results. Leave them to him. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you, the scripture says. Christ followers are commanded to work as unto the Lord. If we do all of our work for God, and I think that encompasses uh, building our marriage, family, raising our kids, building our career, which it's talking about our career when it mentions that, or building a ministry, whatever we're doing, if we do our work as unto the Lord, then we don't need to know how it's going to turn out. We can trust God with the results. We can lean on him. He will, we we don't need immediate rewards for our hard work since we're doing what he assigned. Building a life that matters takes time. You can't manufacture a quality life. There is no assembly line for that. You and I need faith and patience to wait on God as he works in us and then works through us to build the life that pleases him. Here's the takeaway. God is at work even when we can't see how. That is so true. The next verse gives us an agricultural perspective on things. In the morning, sow your seed. Like a farmer, it's saying, take the risk, plant your seeds, even though they might get blown away or uh, washed away by the rain. You you don't really know which ones are going to grow, but go ahead and plant. Our economy is made up of three sectors. Service, industry or manufacturing, and agricultural. Service is 77%. Industry is 22%. And agriculture or farming is 1% of our economy. So what that means is there might be one farmer listening to this message. Some of the analogies then in scripture, we, we just don't understand. They don't impact us. This, this was written to an agricultural society, so they don't impact us, uh, the same way that they impacted the original hearers or readers. We, we know how to get product, but we don't know the process of how they came to be often. We rarely grow what we eat or assemble what we use, and so we just forget the process. We don't know it. Things don't just appear, though. (laughs) God did not set up retail outlets so you, you and I could walk in and purchase the life we want. That's just not the way it works. That's That's not how God made it to be. Life is more like farming than it is like shopping. You can get food much faster now, but you can't microwave a good marriage. 
sometimes folks try God's ways for a little while, and since it doesn't immediately work, they're done. That didn't work. I'm going to move on. Uh, they they just might be the wrong person for me. Maybe they, you know, patience is necessary to build a good marriage. You got to be patient. You got to rely on God. You need faith. You need to trust him. You need patience to be calm in the middle of provocation and misfortune and all the struggles that we have in life. You know, you can order products from around the world on Amazon and they could be at your doorstep in a couple of days, maybe even in one day, maybe the same day. But Amazon can't help you develop godly children. There's a process which hasn't changed. It's knowing the Word of God, sharing it with them, bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord in a certain environment where they're going to thrive. So we get in line, we work hard in our training, and we patiently parent Trusting God with the results, waiting on him. Relationships, all kinds of relationships work the same way. Time and effort is required to build and maintain trust, which is what relationships, it's the bedrock of all solid relationships. Love and faithfulness builds trust. And that, that takes time. It takes time to Show yourself to be a faithful worker in in a career. And God promises to bless as you do that. So in these areas and more, I, I want to encourage you, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. God will bring back to you blessing as you Get in line and patiently seek to make the progress that he wants you to make in life. If you're discouraged by a part of your life or maybe parts of your life, then you live here on planet Earth. That's the way it is. Be patient and wait patiently for God to bring the fruit that he is growing in and through you. God's not wasting what you're going through right now. Whatever it is, he plans to use it for his purpose and your good. This is the way he works. He He's taking you through a process that produces patience as you learn to trust him with failures, setbacks, disappointments, provocations, struggles. He wants to equip you more and more for all the important things in life. To grow a good marriage. To, to parent well. That requires patience, obviously. It's what I've been talking about. To build a ministry. To, to have a career and build a career that blesses the people you work with, your employer, and you yourself. But you have to choose an attitude of faith and patience 
as you allow God to be the Lord of your life. He's in charge of the results. And he can be totally trusted as you hand the results over to him, as you wait on the outcomes and for him to bring them in a way that pleases him and blesses you. I I want to encourage you to take a moment and consider what God might have said to you through this message. Is there an area where you're ready to quit? Is there a part of your life where you just want to give up? Don't, don't do it. Because God wants to grow patience in you. And instead of giving up, turn to him. In faith, trust him to work and accomplish what pleases him. There is one next step that I want to encourage you to take this week as a result of the, the message. My next step today is to choose faith and patience with a specific area of your life. Uh, choose an area where you're struggling, where you feel like a failure, where you are being impatient. Um, in other words, you're not calm, but you're agitated about this. This is getting to you. Choose that area. And set yourself, set your heart to, to learn what God wants in that area and to do what God wants in that area and wait for him to grow the fruit in your life as a result of your patience, your faith and patience and faithfulness to him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the truth you've given us in the scriptures that really does equip us to live life that first of all pleases you and brings the fruit that pleases you and blesses us. Thank you, God. I pray that you would help us as we have heard your words this morning. Give us the strength to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take and to humbly walk with you this week in a way that pleases you and brings honor and glory to your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.